Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 79 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. This is Jim Reamer, joined as always with Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? How was your weekend? Good weekend, getting out and seeing games in Fort Wayne. It was nice to have a close drive to get over to about an hour yeah. and 30 minutes for me is all so that's what it was for you we, we went to louisville and that was not a whole lot <laughs> you weren't a whole lot closer going to fort wayne than we were going to louisville so the um we are um, what was i going to say i was going to say something <laughs> can't remember what it was but uh glad you got a chance to go out and watch games this week i got a chance to watch a little bit spent um spent much of the time I don't know, kind of chained to my hotel room, I guess, just being tired, and being lazy, but uh, did get a chance to see some things. We'll have some general thoughts on on just the scouting process after we get through the recruiting updates, but but then um, it'll be good. Zach, you'll get a chance to talk about some of the kids you saw over at Fort Wayne, And but right now, let's get us updated on recruiting, and we'll probably be breaking down Connor Asijan's recruiting a little bit now that he's had a little bit of a breakthrough, so go ahead and get us up to date, and we'll we'll move on. Yeah, some of these guys we talk about about every week now, and I feel like they're always getting multiple offers in a week. Uh, yeah. We'll start with Tayshawn Comer. He got two offers this week, Appalachian State and Milwaukee. Uh, Ryan Conwell has been a popular name as well. He got Murray State, Middle Tennessee State, and Southern Illinois. Uh, Connor Season, you mentioned a little bit ago, he got four offers this week. He went Rice, George Mason, Illinois State, and the bigger one we're going to probably talk about is Creighton. Right. Uh, the other 2022 that's been busy is J- Jalen Jackson from Fort Wayne Northrop. Uh, Miami, Ohio, Wright State, and Milwaukee offered him. Another 2022 is Ahmad Girard. He got a Miami, Ohio offer as well. Uh, Andrew Leeper from Fort Wayne Homestead got a Midway offer. Uh, Will Lovings Watts from Jeffersonville down south, a UMass offer. Logan McIntyre is a North Harrison 2022. He got a Grace and Indiana Tech offer. JQ Roberts today for Bloomington North got a UMass offer. Beck Williams, who was a 2022 at Bethany Christian up here close to me, got a trying offer. Uh, Charlie Williams from Carmel, a Boston University offer. And then the 2023 offer that came in yesterday was Logan Imes from Zionsville. He got a UMass offer. It's like... It's like Massachusetts saw some Indiana kids this weekend. They made three <laughs> offers this week and 21 total offers last week. I don't know if that's a record, if we've had more or not. Uh, we've Obviously, the last couple of weeks, we've had a large number of offers, and, and that's that's great for the kids. And all told, it's you said we do see a lot of the same names. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 kids got offers this week. So, oh, no, excuse me, 12. I read Williams and conflated Beck and Charlie. So 12 kids, 
got offers this past week and all of them, but two were 2022 offers. So that's, that's, um, it's been par for the course. I, I think we've said a lot that I've noticed a lot of, a lot of coaches at the, the two events we've been at so far this month and a vast majority of them more so than in the past are focusing on 2022 kids or basically incoming, incoming seniors. It's usually a little bit of a better mix, but you know, just where we are with 2022s not being seen yet by most of these coaches, at least in person, and the the impact the transfer portal, basically triggering some schools to truly recruit one class at a time. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be the new normal, but it's definitely the normal this year. So, uh, Sejan finally pulls his first high major offer. We've been hinting at that. We've been I don't know if hinting's the right word. We've been um, sort of keeping an eye on that because we both had some intel that these schools were more schools were looking at him. Uh, thoughts on him being a high major kid, Zach. I mean, obviously he can shoot it. He's probably the best shooter in the 2022 class. I, I guess maybe not probably, but he probably he definitely is. Uh, he's sneaky athletic. We've talked a little bit about that before. He's got decent size. He's, Six three, six four ish, maybe, depending on whose roster you're looking at. Uh, but I mean, I think Creighton's a big time offer for him. That's yep. they have wonderful facilities, uh, and I think that's a, a a big time offer for him. So we'll see how it goes from here now with him. They've they have been successful at getting kids who probably at that level will need screens to get shots. You know, and that's that's where he thrives and that's Creighton is well equipped, equipped, excuse me, to be a good program fit for him. Um, whether or not he reaches for the best, you know, the biggest offer or I mean, Creighton, I think, again, I repeating myself here quickly is, would be a good fit for him. Um, he's so whether or not that's something that he, that he just automatically Creighton jumps to the front of the line. I don't know. It does become a different conversation to when we, we talk about kids that we think are maybe maybe a little under-recruited. In his case, probably not under-recruited because he basically had his picking of any mid-major program he, he wanted it, it's up to a point. Uh, but, but now it's a new conversation. to fo- It's almost like you focus on things that he, he'll struggle with at the high major level and that and that is the defensive side of the floor, just being used to guarding a better quality athlete, bigger athletes, more skilled athletes, perhaps um, yeah. kids that have a better combination of skill and athleticism and size. And that'll be a challenge for him. But what I've always liked about him is that he's been a willing defender. And I, I take sort of the Dick Bennett approach. I look at guys as, are they willing? Are they able? Uh, or coaching wise, I think you always you always find a, a way to be successful with guys who are willing to defend. Uh, you want to you want to get those guys who are both willing and able. But there's those kids that are able to defend, but don't take it seriously. That sometimes is like pulling teeth to get them, and not, not just to defend necessarily, but but to be aware of the different aspects of the defensive end of the floor. And I think uh, you know Connor will you know Cesar will figure it out because he does work at it. He's got a good body to put on weight. 
I, I think he's you said he you said it really well. He's he's sneaky athletic. He's not gonna be a guy that plays above the rim, but he's definitely gonna be a guy who can if he gets his defender on his hip, he can he can smartly weave his, you know, get his way through traffic and either finish because he's strong enough to take contact or or find the next play. Uh, because I, I do think he has decent assist totals at center, Central Noble, too. So, um, Jalen Jackson really starting to get just a strong foundation of mid-majors now, correct? Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. everything, not everything up to now, but, but at first it was like, is it going to get Division One offers? Then it became, yes, he was. We've, we both, I think we both thought he was a Division One caliber kid. Uh, low, low D one versus mid. He's now really getting into where he's just got a solid group of mid majors offering him where that's just becoming the player that he is. It, any, uh, any reservations of him in the Mac or the horizon league? No, I was just going to look up some of his other offers, but, uh, I, I think that's a good spot for him. I, we, we saw Milwaukee offer both him and Tayshawn Comer over the weekend. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, yeah, a couple different players. I feel like Jackson is continuing to work on his outside shot, which I think was, was one of his bugaboos that coaches were kind of worried about, but uh, he's shown in some games that he can knock that down. I think his size size is great. He's not afraid to bully his way into the lane and finish at the rim. So we, we know he can do that and he does it well. But so yeah, I think the outside shot has just the just been the question mark the entire time. And like I said, he's been showing that more this summer. Yeah. And the and the you know, the idea of mid major, low major really depends on conference RPI as my computer now refuses to load up. Um, we're both having computer problems at the same time. That's that's nice, isn't it? Um, yeah, here we go. I mean, you're looking at, um, you know, the horizon league probably dips a little bit more toward the low major end, at least right now, uh, just simply based on conference RPI and, and the Mac, not much, not a whole lot higher. Uh, at least this is based on last year's last year's data. Now last year's data may not be great because it was a shortened season and, Teams may have found some issues scheduling. I, I would say the year before the MAC was definitely a, a high mid major, um, and the Horizon League was even lower than what it, what it was this past year. So, you know, with those MAC offers, he's now getting into the point of of just being a solid mid major candidate. And and I don't know that it, you know, it doesn't always make it a guarantee, uh, but. Um, but it's just nice. It, it does seem to be, he does seem to be raising the stakes a little bit with his offers. And, um, you know, that's, he's had, I think he's had a good summer, definitely a good summer of playmaking and a good summer of hitting the open shot and the move to Northrop. He'll probably be in a system where he'll get, although they had a coaching change at Carroll, he'll probably be in a system at Northrop that'll have more possessions than what they have at Carroll. And we could possibly see his, see his numbers take a little bit of a jump. Uh, his senior year, even beyond just a normal progression of moving from being a junior to a senior. So uh, anything else stand out on this list? Um, maybe just a couple of the 2023 kids getting the offers. 
we kind of been talking about that, that the coaches will be waiting on those guys. But I mean, Logan Imes is a guy that is already has a couple offers. And then we talked about JQ Roberts as well, right. <clears throat> 2023 and Hardy has a couple offers. So not surprising from those two, probably. Uh, Will Loving Watts has been kind of quiet until now, uh, offer wise. Uh, I haven't been able to see him play, but other than yeah, no that, doubt I mean, it, Conwell. And for Watts, that's a let's let's look at his offers real quick. Um, see if I've got that loaded up. I do. I mean, that's his first. Well, no, Wichita State was a multi bid league. Uh, Massachusetts is, is a multi-bid league, the A-10. Um, what is uh, Wichita State's in the American? No. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're in the American Athletic Conference. So so he's now got two offers from, from multi-bid leagues, and, and that would pretty much push them, at least from a basketball standpoint, a lot closer to getting, a, you know, to being a high major, high major candidate. So, um you know, good for him. He's, he's, I think he shows a lot of different, lot for, lot of different athletic and offensive skill sets uh, or abilities. Um, there will be a kid. We, I talk a little bit later uh, when we do break down kids. Uh, we talked about kids we saw this past week, but um, who's kind of right there with him in the ranking, the shooting guard ranking. So we'll get to that here in a minute, but um, Conwell is, broke through he's just he's just flat out a division one player i mean we've i've kind of thought that for a long time and it's nice to see him break through and just consistently getting offers now and not that not that the goal is to collect offers but but it's you know it's nice to see that it wasn't just you know a fluke or just you know coaches got a chance to see him have a couple of good weekends he, he's proven to be consistent which we've all thought that anyway and Logan McIntyre from North Harrison is the last one I want to touch on. He's, he picked up his first two offers this week, both in AI schools. After watching him at the Charlie Hughes shootout, I, I really thought he was trending toward and, and still could trend toward more Division II, maybe even in, in sort of catch the eye of some low D1 schools because I love his athleticism. I love his shot. I love his shot making. He can get into his shot off the dribble. And he's uh, – extremely good ball handler and and a guy that I think that can shoot off screens he can shoot off the dribble and he's going to be um, he's going to have a much bigger role at North Harrison now that Hatton has graduated and moved on to William and Mary so um, not much change on Comer's offer sheet he still has the Butler offer everything else is mid-majors um, and then of course Imes and Robert J, JQ Roberts picking up UMass offers. Those are both good offers for those guys. Again, the multi-bid league, the Atlantic 10. Yeah, for sure. And I think both those kids will eventually, especially as JQ continues his, his progression to being strictly a perimeter player. Um, look for him to him and Imes both to sneak into some solid high major stuff. I, I think Imes is, I think Imes is a little bit better than Colvin in terms of, in terms of just overall play, especially at his size, he's a point guard. He's got nice length, um, and it's just he's just in a situation as Zionsville playing against good, really strong caliber four A teams. 
where he's not going to go out there and put up just a ton of stats. So, um, and his teams, his teams win a lot of games, which to me is a, is a big deal. So, uh, this weekend you were at Fort Wayne, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Brawl for the ball. <clears throat> Brawl for the ball. The, I guess so whether it was a good, was it well attended college coach wise? Yeah. Tons of D threes there. Uh, handful of NAIAs, a couple, a few D2s. So, so I would say a lot, a lot of D3s there. So uh, lots of kids. And I feel like we're probably at that level also. So right. it was good, good for those kids to get seen. And I'm, I'm guessing that is most of them were watching just incoming seniors too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. From what I could tell. And that, that is one of the advantages of staying home and playing. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some scouting angles here, but when you, we get done talking about some kids, I, I won't have a lot of kids to talk about. I didn't, I didn't watch a lot. There weren't um, as many Indiana teams of note down in Louisville as I thought there would be. Uh, but um, I got a chance to watch George Hill's 2022 team play quite a bit got some notes on them and, and talk a little bit about um, Ahmad Gerard when it, when it's after you get done breaking down some of the kids you saw. So who were some of the kids you saw stand out this past weekend? Yeah, I wrote down a 2024, uh, one 2023, and then a handful of 2022s that I was going to discuss. Uh, my first one, I'll just start with the 2024s. Justin Sims from Chesterton. I've mentioned him before, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he's a big kid kind of raw right now um, can play inside. He's starting to knock down some outside shots too. Great length, a little bit of athleticism runs the court pretty well. Also for a big guy. Uh, I think he's, I think he's in for a big, big year here at Chesterton for coach urban. Uh, the 2023 I had written down was uh, a move in from Arizona. Actually, he's going to Munster this year. So he's going to make things interesting for Munster because they lost quite a bit this last year. His name's Brandon Trilly. He plays inside. He's about 6'4", maybe 6'5". Great frame. He's solid. He's soft touch around the rim. His feet are great. He's also a good passer. I saw him step out and hit a couple shots as well. So he'll be an interesting uh, junior here this coming year moving forward. Brandon Trilly from Munster was his name. Uh and then my 2022s, I got a good list here. I saw Ashton Johnson from Fort Wayne Southside. He, uh, he played pretty well when I was watching his game. Saw a game and a half of his. And then his teammate Mason Baker from Columbia City. Uh, knock, he was knocking down some outside shots, plays hard, good glue guy. Uh, talked to Coach Schaus about him. He said he's really working on his game this summer and has really improved a lot, and I could tell when I was watching that game, uh, Ashton Johnson, like I mentioned before, he's a good point guard, solid, good body, uh, doesn't back down from anybody. He'll get to the rim and then he'll step back and knock down outside shots as well. Uh, Carson Jenkins from Fort Wayne Snyder. He's a guy that's been busy with uh, some recruiting. He's staying in the NAI level right now. Uh, could maybe sneak up to that D two area, but we'll see. He's just so solid short, his mid-range game is good. Nice touch on the shot as well. Makes smart passes, smart plays, 
just a good solid guard. Uh, Andrew Leapers played played pretty well this weekend. Showed a lot of athleticism. Uh, blocked a lot of shots. Uh, baseline dunk about once a game as well. Uh, I know some D2s were kind of interested in him as, as they were watching, and I was able to talk to a couple guys. Uh, but he played well. Uh, his outside shot is just what needs to be a little more consistent, and I think that can come if he keeps working, which he does. The kid works hard all the time. Uh, he runs the floor well as also and is, is a really solid defender. That was Andrew Leeper from Homestead. A uh, couple point guards. Drew Adzia and Brees Walls, I really like this weekend. Uh, Drew, great shooter from outside. Uh, he knocked down three free throws at the end of a game to beat Indy Heat to, uh, on Saturday. Uh, and then he hit a few free throws in overtime as well. He's just really solid. Him and Brees are both really solid. Brees is great with the ball, <clears throat> great to get into the basket, great at finishing. Or he's even – He'll even kick it out or dish underneath if he if he can't finish himself. Uh, just both of those guys are really steady ball handlers, and, and and I could see them leading D three maybe NAIA teams in the future. Uh, and then a couple kids that are at uh, ele not elevation. I'm sorry, they're at Don Bosco now. Lincoln Tomei and Landon Babuziak. I was able to see both of those guys. Uh, Babuziak looked pretty strong. Uh, wasn't shying away from contact. Uh, this weekend, he finished a couple times on, uh, at the rim through contact. <clears throat> Rebounding, I think, is still a little bit of a question for him. Uh, some toughness, he needs to get, get toughness uh, to rebound as well. But other than that, he played okay. And then Lincoln Tomei, big motor guy. He's a 2022 also at Bosco now. Uh, just does everything right. He runs the floor. He can bring it up the floor. Great passer. Uh, can finish at the rim. Can hit outside shots. Got a good release. Uh, and he'll take pull-up jumpers as well. So, I mean, he's just a complete package. And I feel like an AI level would be good for him. Maybe maybe some lower D2s. So, we'll see what, what kind of uh, looks he gets now at Bosco. So, that was that's my list of guys. Other than Trilly, who's a move-in, anybody catch your eye that you hadn't seen before? Um, I mean, it's not like we talk. It's not like we talk a ton about you know individual kids that aren't getting recruited. I mean, it's look obviously there's some kids we talk about a lot. They get a lot of offers, and during the school season. We talk about kids a lot, you know, some kids a lot because they play on teams that win a lot of games. So any, anybody sneak through that you hadn't seen before, or, you know, and maybe the answer is no, you know? Well, that was the thing. Like I kind of kept myself to, to guys that I had seen before Northern yeah. Indiana guys. So I wasn't, I wasn't really out looking for, for players that I hadn't seen. I, maybe I should have expanded myself a little bit, but. Uh, I guess one that I did see was Owen Shively from Fort Wayne Snyder. Uh, he plays with Indiana. He, the red team the, with Andrew Leeper and Carson Jenkins and Joe yeah. Reedy and those guys. Uh, so it was the first time I'd seen Shively and I thought he shot the ball pretty well. Uh, ended up rolling his ankle and it wasn't able to play in the bigger game against uh, the Indiana game squad that they, they lost to, but 
but he, he kind of stood out a little bit to me as a good shooter. Yeah, that would be, you know, never bad to, never bad to see teams outside of your area. Um, but you know, that's, that's good. It's look, Snyder, Snyder can get more, you know, some more balance into their scoring. I, I don't know. They, they, they definitely don't have any problem scoring. So I don't know if I won't go down that path is, is too smart of a take <laughs> or not, but um, it seems like if, especially late, late in games, it's, it'd be harder for them to key on, on their, their two stars. Uh, if they've, they've got other kids who can step up and, and make plays for them. So, you know, the one, the one kid I saw that, I watched the George Hill 2022 team play quite a bit this week. And in a large part, it is a coach, you know, I coached the twins father. So I like watching them play. And I, and I liked, I've liked the development of Aaron Humphrey and Matt Spears and seeing where they're going. And, and as much as I've commented on Armand, Armand Gerard starting to really sneak up on his brother and playing with a chip on his shoulder, I thought Ahmad Gerard, the, the bigger of the two twins, uh, showed some stuff this weekend that I hadn't seen in the past. And a lot of it is just his playmaking. Uh, it's not really, it's definitely playmaking off looking to score, but it's definitely what I've, what I liked about in this past weekend was there wasn't a lot of predetermination in his penetration. Like he wasn't getting into the paint thinking he was just going to score. He was getting into the paint to draw the defense, to, to force help, to force rotations, and then make the next play. And he's just so athletic that he's capable of getting up and finishing anyway. Uh, but, but see his, his vision develop. I mean, I, it seemed like night and day from even the time I saw him play two weeks ago, but to see his vision develop the way it has, there's times where the ball does stick with him, but, but at the same time, there, there is a playmaking element to what he's doing now that I think has taken a step up slowly but surely this this pat over the summer. Uh, still shooting the ball very well. I think there's times where he could be more aggressive off the catch into a shot instead of instead of it maybe sticking with him. And I think that's maybe where things um, slow down a bit is if he passes up an open shot. Um, it doesn't mean he still can't get to a good shot, but there's times where he catches. Like his brother, Armand, who's really more of a point guard, is not afraid to just catch and shoot. He, he has no, no qualms with it whatsoever. Now, Ahmad will do it if he's wide open, but there's times where I think he could shoot even lightly contested shots. So, And, you know, the, the talk with Ahmad is that there are now some high majors that have had a chance to take a look at him and are pondering what he is athletically. He's, he's a strong kid. He's got a good body to put more weight on. Uh, he's stupid athletic, just – just got a lot and both those guys do they both have a lot of spring in their game but he's got a lot of physical tools to where they could people could easily see him fitting in size wise physically at the high major level and it's a different conversation than, than the ones we've had about a season where we we've known this the skill set is there the mentality is there the decision making there Gerard it's the the opposite he's athletically he definitely has the tools and just watching his game develop and how it slows down for him and he's able to make plays in that, you know, based on that, um, I, you know, I th he had to turn some heads this past weekend without question. And the other two kids that I liked, uh, Aaron Humphrey, 
we've talked a little bit about him, the summer he's having and some of the schools that are taking an interest in him. Um, he's not broken through with any D2 or, any, or D1 offers yet, but I think that's – the Division II-wise, I think that's going to happen. I do think this competition like this shows that he's probably more of a power forward than a, than a combo forward. Um, he's – and I, I don't know that anybody else has advanced that. I know I mentioned it. I put it in a tweet, and, and um, you know, he looks – he is most comfortable guarding fours and his skill really pops at that position because he's not, if he's, cause he's able to drive, you know, bigger guys. And he's also strong enough to guard those guys. Now there, there comes maybe some diminished returns because he is six, five. So he's a little undersized to play. If you're like thinking division one level situation or even some division two levels, you know, some D- division two situations, he might still be undersized at the four spot. Um, but you've got teams that now are looking at him as a skilled power forward, and, and it'll be interesting to see where his recruiting goes from here. Spears is a guy that already has a Division One offer. He's 6'7". It's at Arsenal Tech. He is squarely a skilled power forward. Um, I, I like his increased aggressiveness. He's looked to attack a little bit more this past weekend. And um, not seen him get too many outside shot opportunities. And I don't, and I don't, I don't think I've seen him pass up any, he did spend a little bit of time in foul trouble, the games I watched. So there was some diminished playing time, but, but um, he's got a lot of physical tools to him, including, including the size that Humphrey doesn't have and the extra length. And you just see a kid like him uh, could really blossom as a, you know, as a, junior and senior in college and maybe even with a red shirt year be able to blossom for his final three years so uh anything else from this past weekend i have got one point i want to make but i want to make sure we cover our bases with players did anything else we could talk about with in regards to players um uh, i don't i don't think so it was just it was just good to see a bunch of coaches out being, being able to watch these guys for me especially up, up around my area. Yeah. This weekend will be, we're going to play in the uh, Pangos event here on the West side of Indianapolis, or at least it's based on the West side. So that'll be, that'll be a good event. He'll get, he does a really good job of Dinos Trigonis does a great job of getting guys from across the country to come in. Um, he has, I would say he has involvement with some West coast teams. So it's good to get a little flavor there as well get, it's always nice to be in a situation where we're not playing the same teams repeatedly. Um, but um, the, um, the situation I wanted to talk about is, is sort of how the scouting thing has evolved over time. And I think more and more, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, but it seems that we've, we get scouting situations where a lot of these guys are filming as they quote scout. To me, those are two very different skill sets. Now, there's some, obviously, you get people, you know, you get people like, um, you know, Felix Rogers, who him and, and his coworkers are, you know, they run the in the, in the, in the gym hoops deal with um, where they do a lot of video, a lot of highlights um, and a lot of a lot of breakdown. But he's not in this necessarily in the scouting business. Now, it's it's the guys that are in the scouting business who then spend a lot of time filming because they want some video to back up 
their perspectives. And I think that's where we get into get into some of the problems that we have, or at least some of the difference of opinions I have on, on kids. And I'm not going to name names. Um, but when you, when you watch one reason why coaches like to go to games live versus watch games on film is you get a feel for the intensity. You get a feel for a kid's work ethic and a kid's motor. The other reason is when you're watching games on TV, the TV controls the perspective that the cameras control the perspective. And in a lot of cases, the director at on site who's controlling the broadcast has control of the perspective, you know, and obviously as we watch games on it, on the, you know, on TV, those are multi-camera, those are multi-camera productions. You get different angles. They're, they're trying to find the drama in each play. Uh, you're not always seeing the whole floor. You lose a little context especially context away from the basketball. But as you get these, as you get these evaluators who then spend a lot of time filming, they completely lose context when they're filming because they are simply focused on one or two players, or they are definitely only focused on the ball and they're trying to get close-ups because they want, they want to have good highlights. And I, I understand that aspect of it. These guys aren't just scouts. They're not, they're not paid by teams. These guys are working with websites or, or working for their own website that then, um, you know, they're producing content, not just points of view. And it's one of the reasons why I don't like to film or take pictures during this, during the off season or spend a lot of time doing it during games. I, I mostly do it just to get headshots and stuff for our, for our site. But then beyond that, I try to spend as much time watching the game as a whole because I don't want to lose perspective on a kid. And I'm not just looking for the big plays. I'm looking for the complete game. And I and I don't I'm not unique by any stretch. I I just think I hear the selectiveness of, especially when it comes to work ethic. I hear the selectiveness of when work ethic matters versus when work ethic doesn't matter. And I think a lot of it is based on how they can maybe what kind of offers a kid has. Um Maybe the, the people that they talk to, if they, you know, the confirmation bias you've got when you've got people who sit around and, and agree with each other. Um, and again, I'm not trying to be a contrarian or a zag guy, you know, zigzag a guy that zags and everybody else is zigging. But, you know, I, I think when you watch a kid without the basketball, you learn a lot about him. You learn a lot about him on the court. You learn a lot about how, what his overall disposition is, how he, um, interacts with his teammates on the court, um, how he moves without the basketball, how he plays, does he communicate? And I think that is going to be a big separator for some of these guys, especially some of the kids that are getting offers. Now, sure, some of this stuff can be taught. Some of this stuff can be, you know, can evolve out of their game. They can mature, especially on the motor and work ethic side. But I'm always kind of amazed that when work ethic matters and when it doesn't. I had somebody tell me today about a kid that we all agree he has talent. And the, the question is, what's his work ethic like? And the, the argument was, imagine what he'll, imagine how good he'll be when he figures out how to work hard. Well, that to me is damning with faint praise as far as I can tell, because basically what you just said was he doesn't work hard or he doesn't work hard all the time. And for someone who believes work ethic is something you can control, I mean, it's look, these kids are teenagers, they're immature, they're, they're not, 
I don't expect them all to give. I mean, anybody that says a kid gives 100%, 100% time is lying or just trying to be nice. But then, you, but that same person then had criticized a kid earlier, another kid for not working hard. And I, to me, that kid works a hell of a lot harder than, you know, kid B works a hell of a lot harder than kid A. And, you know, again, how much of that is, is, is maturation, strength, Sometimes it's easy to work harder. It's easy to look like you're working hard because you can, you win the contact battle versus losing the contact battle. Um, but the, the scouting through literally the lens of a video camera is losing its appeal with me. I, again, that's not to take away the highlight factor of it and, and producing content factor of it by any means, but as a tool for evaluation, it, it's, it's quickly losing its luster in my mind because, you know, we'll see a kid get a dunk and transition, but what they don't put on the film clip is that he never did. They never made it back to the defensive end of the floor. You know, it's little things like that. You'll see a kid look great on a straight line drive, but then you'll also see a kid struggle in, in traffic and, and not only struggle to make plays in traffic, but make decisions in traffic where he shouldn't even be in traffic because it's not there yet. Um, and yet is a presumption that it will be there. And I'm, and I'm not entirely sure some kids get to that point. Um, damning that's damning for guards. It's not so much damning for, for little guys, but, or for big guys, but, but, you know, big guys who like to rip and run. It, it, it looks usually looks pretty good on after two dribbles, but it's after two or usually good, looks good up to two dribbles. It's after two dribbles where things start to get dicey. And as that kid, aware enough to understand that, you know, I'm not going to go the length of the floor or I'm not going to be able to make this change of direction. I need to pick it up and make the smart play. Um, I see a lot of that um, play out to where kids don't know to do that. But since it looks great on highlight films, they're just trying to do it. And, and maybe that, maybe they're not make they're processing it in, in that way but they definitely, uh, we definitely see it. We see that great end-to-end drive, but we don't see the, the five or six times where it didn't work. And, and that's just, I see more and more of that stuff as I see, as I evaluate, as I evaluate players versus some of the stuff that I've seen in the highlight films. And I'm, not, and I'm just talking about the ones produced by, by, by content with, by, for websites. Uh, I'm not counting the in the G, gym hoops. I'm not counting the um, dead stock down in Louisville. Both those, both those groups do a great job. And I also know from a, from a website perspective, a media perspective, it's, you know, it's tough producing content. It's not, it doesn't just happen automatically. That's the work. That's the work of it, you know, but any, uh, so now that I'm done with my rant, any, any thoughts on that? Any, <laughs> Any feedback? I mean, because I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches. They agree. Um, sometimes, um, sometimes assistants don't always win the war room when it comes to making decisions with offers and things like that. And and, and sometimes offers go out to kids because they don't want to be left behind. It's like we've talked about before; they're placeholders. But but um, it's 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 just a different perspective when you really sit down and watch games live than just relying solely on video or even being that guy that that videos it because you're you're literally watching 
one thing at a time. And even if it's multiple players at a time, it's usually just follow the basketball. And hell, Zach, right. I don't know if I ever watch the basketball when I'm when I'm watching the game. I, I shouldn't say ever, but but I bet 50% of the time I'm not watching the ball at all. Yeah, Any, yeah, uh, yeah. It's go definitely it. good. It's good to see. I mean, I've never been a fan of the the watching the stream games and especially and I'm never gonna evaluate a kid on a stream game only. I'm gonna if I'm going to talk about a kid or tweet about a kid on a stream while watching a stream game, it's because I've already seen him play before right. in, in, in person. That's so I've never been a fan of the stream streaming game and evaluating a kid. And even the, like you're saying, the video clips, you don't see the body language really in a video clip. I don't feel like, and, and how he acts if he gets the ball stolen earlier in the game. And we don't, we miss a lot of, a lot of extra things just by, watching clips like you're just talking about yeah, the, the streaming thing i didn't even talk about the streaming thing the, the streaming thing is interesting because so i'm looking at some of the notes i like we were watching peach jam games earlier this week and i've got some notes on kids that will that are going to end up i mean that are already in the database so and, and most of it most of it's just matter of fact stuff that we saw none of its feel none of its it none of its physicality none of its um, you know, there's one mention of motor in my, in my notes for the, I mean, I've only got really 10 guys that, that stood out good, bad, or, you know, good or bad. Um, but a lot of it is just the easy things we can see, like, you know, did, did he make good decisions trying to dribble through, tra- you know, trying to dribble through traffic, trying to finish through traffic? Did he, you know, is he shooting the ball? Well, just stuff like that. You know, it's, it's not about, um, it is very hard to evaluate a kid's intensity level. It's very hard to evaluate um, a kid's toughness when he's, when you're on video versus, versus live. Um, And it is tougher to not watch the ball when you're beholden to one perspective. Right. And streaming is not as bad as from that angle as the highlight stuff. Um, but it's, it's better. It is a little bit better than watching stuff on TV because TV, they're always clicking to the action. And again, that goes back to basically just following the ball or, you know, sometimes they follow the star and, you know, I want to see more than just the star. I want to see how such and such kid is guarding without, you know, guarding away from the ball or how's he moving without the basketball? You know, is he, you know, can he, is he, cutting hard off screens, things like that. It's, it's a little harder to tell on video when the perspective is jumping around because it's a broadcast and it's direct. So it's a little easier on stream than it is to watch just a game on TV. Um, it's made some of this stuff invaluable, especially the stuff that ends up in synergy or second spectrum um, where they're basically just taking one camera angle and, and clipping it. And that's, that's their, you know, that's their perspective. So at least now you get a chance to focus on, you get a chance to actually focus on the things you want to focus on. But, but yeah, the streaming stuff, it's hard to, to figure out just intensity level, you know, and, and maybe even to a little bit competitiveness. Um, Cause when you're courtside, especially in an AAU gym, where there's not big crowds, you can hear everything. You can really tell who's talking, who's really engaged. And you, you don't pick that up on, on video. You definitely don't pick that up on video. So, 
Um, anything else? We, we really didn't have too much of a topic, did we, discuss today? No, just what we saw. Yeah. Well, it's all right. We're um, nearing the end of the summer, and I know once we get through the summer, we'll have a we'll have an episode on the coaching changes that took place this past year. Hopefully, by then they'll all be done. If not, we'll have some. I guess hopefully some compelling talk as to why they're not why a certain job's not open or still open. But um, all right. But that about does it for this one. What you got? Our podcast read ready. Oh yeah, let me get that pulled up here. You want me to f- go ahead? Ready, and do it. Go ahead. All right. Box Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com, boxoutsports.com. And as Zach always says, it's not just for basketball, it's for any sport. And it really can be used in a lot of different ways. I think Zach does a great job of being creative with it during the year. And we're, we're definitely going to use it more this upcoming season. Courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. Zach, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, daughter is in soccer camp all week at Holy Cross. And nice. then big uh, dual birthday party this weekend for my girls. So Uh-oh. busy week and weekend, yeah. Getting into a gym this week or are you – out. It's not looking good. Not looking. Not good. looking yeah. good. <laughs> it's the last week of basketball for a while. I know. At least until the fall. Um. Yeah, we'll be we'll be at Pangos. Uh, there'll be a lot of Indiana teams there. Hopefully, we'll definitely plan on spending the time, basically the bulk of it in the gym, watching guys, and um, looking forward to that. And that'll be a wrap on that. That'll be a wrap on the summer, and we'll be looking forward to heading into the fall and and um recruiting the recruiting calendar will pick back up around september 9th at least from a coach's perspective being back out on the road so as long as people are getting vaccinated and we're avoiding these this delta variant um i'm not sure how good we are at doing that uh but um hopefully things can just finally get back to normal but um I'm glad we're, we're going to actually get through a whole summer of basketball with things kind of looking like they used to. And, and I think we'll probably get over the hump on this Delta thing. That's my medical advice. That's my medical perspective, my extremely <laughs> uneducated uh, medical, uh, medical advice. But anyway, for those that uh, listen every week, we appreciate it. Those that, that are listening for the first time, we definitely hope you come back and subscribe and, Hopefully people will give us a rating and review and we as always appreciate the five-star ratings. We've got a few and we're getting more listeners each week, which I like. And so we appreciate everybody coming on board and listening. So this is, we published, we, we, we recorded this on a Monday, Monday afternoon. We'll get it up here in a couple hours and we'll look forward to next week. Zach, have a good week, man. Thank you too. All right. Thanks. Thanks.